to the No Gray Area Pod, where we discuss breaking news and top stories in the world of sports. Hosted by two brothers that love heated discussions. The NGA Pod begins in three, two, one. Thank you for tuning in to the No Gray Area Podcast. This is the actual first episode of the No Gray Area Podcast. Derek Cooper, pleased to be joined by my co-host, Corey Cooper, and an excellent opportunity for us to dive right into the NFL football slate. This being recorded on Thursday before the opening night game between the Buffalo Bills and the defending champion, the Los Angeles Rams, and an opportunity for us to kind of dive into the NFL slate. Uh, dive into week two of NCAA football matchups and uh, really excited to get things underway. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, week one of college football was really exciting. There was a lot of ups and downs. I know we had LSU lose on that block kick, which is a very crazy game, but LSU ultimately came out and lost that game. But other than that, yeah, I'm excited for uh, week one of college football or week two of college football and the week one of the NFL. And yeah, it's going to be really exciting. We got some fantasy football going on and it's just going to be great. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting this preview going. Yeah. Fantasy football, always highly competitive amongst us uh, and our group of friends that we consistently do fantasy football with, uh, you know, the, the trash talk is already abundant as we get set to uh, go into uh, the NFL slate that begins tonight. We'll go ahead and uh, kind of dive into some of the um, NFL divisional previews as we get set for um, you know the NFL season to kick off, and and it'll start with a couple divisional matchups early. We'll start in the AFC East. Um, you know, the defending champ uh, in the AFC East is now the Super Bowl favorite. It's the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Buffalo Bills bring back a lot on both sides of the football. They add Von Miller in the off season. Uh, Josh Allen is another year experienced and. This is an excellent opportunity for the Buffalo Bills to kind of continue to maintain a stranglehold on that division. You got the Dolphins who made significant changes in that division, uh, bringing in uh, Tyreek Hill, bringing in a new head coach in Mike McDaniel. Uh, after letting Brian Flores go, the talent is all across that roster. Uh, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are going to be a fun wide receiver combo to kind of keep up with. Uh, and it, it's really down to can Tua Tagovailoa be the guy in Miami in order to bring them to that next step and maybe challenge Buffalo uh, for the division. Uh, you know the New England Patriots are going to consistently be there making the playoffs last year with first-year uh, rookie quarterback Mac Jones. He'll be in his second season. Um, and then you have um, the New York Jets who, uh, while drafting Zach, Zach Wilson and him going through his rookie year, um, looks to take the next step uh, in year two and an opportunity for uh, the AFC East really for the Buffalo Bills to kind of maintain control of that division, but I think an excellent opportunity for the Dolphins to to sneak into the playoffs this year. Yeah, Buffalo is just going to be a really tough team this year, but right out of the gates, they get hit with the defending Super Bowl champ and the Rams tonight, and uh, yeah, that matchup's going to be crazy, but I think Josh Allen's going to have an MVP caliber year and lead this team to around 14 to 15 wins this year. I mean, I know their schedule's loaded, but 
I still think that this team, top to bottom, defense and offense, is going to be stupid good this year. Stupid good. And they added Vaughn Miller in the offseason. Obviously, he was with the Rams last year and won a Super Bowl championship. But the Rams brought him over, and I think that he's going to be a big factor in their defense this year. And, yeah, the Dolphins, they added Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddell on that offense. They got a good running back situation. Tua, he's going to come into the offense with a new head coach. Yeah, I think that they have a chance to challenge the Buffalo Bills, but I honestly don't think they're going to be able to get it done this year. I think that they might be a fringe playoff team. But other than that, I think it's Buffalo's division to lose, and it probably won't even be that close. Yeah, Vegas having Buffalo as a team that has a projected win total of over, you know, the win total is 11.5 wins, so, and it's juiced to the over. So a lot of people thinking, especially people putting their money where they think the Buffalo Bills are going to come out with uh, at least 12 wins uh, and cover the over in their win total. Um, an interesting win total I looked at earlier this week was the Miami Dolphins win total. That one actually surprised me a little bit as the Miami Dolphins win total is eight and a half wins. So uh, all the Dolphins need to do is just go over 500, finish nine and eight on the season, and they're able to cover that win total. And a lot of people on that win total as well is it's juiced minus 170 to the over, uh, meaning that there is a lot of people, a lot of action on. Uh, over eight and a half wins for the Miami Dolphins. And I think this year, that's the year. This is the year Tua can make that big step um, with having Mike McDaniel come over and the offensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers and adding some more weapons around him. I think that offensive side of the football is loaded and it gives the Miami Dolphins an excellent chance to compete in a division that really only has one juggernaut and everybody else is kind of just trying to find their way. Yeah, I think the Dolphins have a really good chance of getting over that nine and eight mark. Uh, I have them around nine wins, ten wins this year, just because Tyreek Hill is going to come in and have to get adjusted to that offense. Uh, there's a new head coach. They're going to have to figure out their schemes. Two is going to learn the new playbook and everything like that. And so it's going to be an adjustment the first couple weeks, and they definitely don't have an easy task week one when they play the Ravens. Or they, they play the Ravens week one, right? Yeah, Jets have the Ravens week one. We'll dive into some of the week one matchups here towards the end of the episode, uh, towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, the, um, the only divisional matchup to open the season in the AFC East is going to be the Dolphins host the New England Patriots. Ravens will be at the Jets. Um, the Buffalo Bills go on the road tonight to the defending Super Bowl champ, the Los Angeles Rams, to open the season. Um, and then... Uh, you know, an, an excellent opportunity for the Bills to be tested early. Uh, a lot of team, a lot of people picking them to win the Super Bowl this year after how their season unfortunately ended last year, uh, and just an an opportunity for for them to see kind of be measured against the mirror, right? The measuring stick in the NFL. The measuring stick is the defending champion. So how do you stack up against the defending champion? And I think the Bills are going to get an excellent opportunity to see that. Um, and I think we're in for an exciting game tonight for sure. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Looking forward to that matchup. Ring ceremony is obviously going to be tonight. I have a friend that's going to be there. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, and also, it's uh, Amazon's first game, I believe, to do in the regular season. So we're going to see how that's going to go. They had a preseason matchup with the Texans and the 49ers, and that went pretty well. I think they had a couple hiccups. But other than that, I think that production should be very good going out this year and Thursday night football should be pretty good as a whole 
So now we'll move to the AFC North as we continue across the AFC. We'll knock out all the AFC divisions, then move to the NFC divisions before making some playoff predictions and some Super Bowl picks um, at towards the end of this podcast uh, as we move to the AFC North. And, and this one's going to be, I think, the most interesting, one of the most interesting divisions in football. You've got the Baltimore Ravens bringing back a healthy Lamar Jackson, uh, a team that really got banged up last year. They have everybody back healthy this year. J.K. Dobbins finally practicing after he hurt himself last year, missed most of his rookie season. Um, so you'll have you'll have them. You'll have uh, the Cincinnati Bengals come back. They lost in the Super Bowl, uh, had the lead with two minutes to go in the Super Bowl, just unable to get the job done. They replace a bunch of their interior offensive line. We talked about this last year at times, and it was can the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line protect Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is special, right? And you have the Cleveland Browns. They are probably the most talented roster in football. Um, Deshaun Watson, their franchise quarterback now coming over from the Houston Texans. Um, he's facing an 11-game suspension. He'll be out till week 12, uh, which will ultimately be the road game going to back to Houston in his first game back. Um, and then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben finally retires. It's an end of an era in Pittsburgh. Uh, Mike Tomlin's still there, but a lot of question marks. Mitchell Trubisky named the starter. He's going to be the guy that takes over the reins, at least early, um, after the Pittsburgh Steelers draft Kenny Pickett in the first round. So Mitchell Trubisky's going to have to produce early, and he'll get an excellent opportunity to do so. Um, and if he does, um, there's an ex excellent opportunity for him to kind of be the mainstay amongst a franchise that has a storied history of kind of being consistent at the quarterback position, and he'll get that opportunity uh, to open the gate. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in the AFC North. Uh, there's the Bengals, who had just previously went to the Super Bowl last year and lost. You got the Ravens with the Lamar Jackson situation. He wasn't as good last year. Can he come back and be that guy, the MVP caliber guy that they know he can be? We don't know, but we'll see. Uh, I honestly feel like the Bengals are going to be the ones to come out of that division as a division winner. Uh, just because I feel like they upgraded that offensive line this year. They have Jamar Chase. They have Higgins. They have a bunch of weapons on offense. Their defense is solid. Their offensive line's improved. You got Joe Burrow, who's probably going to have an MVP caliber year to challenge Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that division, it's going to be interesting to see the Ravens and the Bengals battle for that division championship. But ultimately, I think the Bengals will come out on top. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting kind of how all of these teams, you know, handle their interdivisional matchups, right? The one thing I will say is I do think the Ravens will benefit from having not having the first place schedule that they normally would have because they did ultimately suffer some injuries last year. I think they'll be able to kind of take advantage of an easier schedule than the Bengals will have. The Bengals will have the first place schedule out of the AFC North. And it'll be interesting to see just how the Bengals go from all these years being the hunter to now being the hunted in that division uh, and an excellent opportunity as, you know, they'll have, they'll have a lot of opportunities. They, their win total is in Vegas, nine and a half wins, uh, juiced to the over. So a lot of people having some faith in the Cincinnati Bengals. I just wonder how a young team like the Cincinnati Bengals handles kind of getting reaching their potential maybe earlier than expected uh, with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow getting to the Super Bowl last year. Um, how did they handle that success 
And do they kind of rest on their laurels or do they try to continue to take the next step and eventually be kind of the favorite to win the Super Bowl at, at a point during the season? Yeah, I think that all just comes down to how Joe Burrow reacts to what he did last year, taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl and how he can rebound and try to get them to that step and then get over that hump in the Super Bowl and win it. I don't know if they can get there this year. It's going to be a tough road because the AFC is so loaded this year. And uh, But other than that, I see on their schedule the first four weeks, they have a good chance to go 3-1 and one to start out as the number one seed early to challenge the Bills for that number one seed in the AFC because they have the, they have the Steelers week one, which I think would be an easier matchup for them. Then they get the Cowboys. I feel like they can win that one uh, as well, along with the Jets and the Dolphins to round out their first four games. And I could easily see them going three and one, maybe even four and zero oh in those in those four games, and getting them off to a hot start to get to the AFC, to the AFC's one seed. Yeah, just like you see them getting off to a hot start, I could potentially see them going two and two in that start, and then you have some question marks as far as is this team built to kind of withstand some adversity. I mean, again, we haven't seen Joe Burrow deal with adversity too much since he was at his national championship team at LSU. They really didn't face much adversity that year. They were the best offense in college football. I mean, he really has been just special since that time, um, and it, it really has shown. I think that the Bengals are an excellent team. I just think that the Baltimore Ravens have a slightly easier schedule. They're going to get opportunities to kind of show their their flex their muscle that they're kind of the beast to deal with in the AFC North and if somehow the Browns can navigate their first 11 weeks somewhere around 500 do not count the Browns out as Deshaun Watson is a game changer we've seen it a lot with the Houston Texans when he was there young in the early parts of his career he obviously had to sit out the entire season last year um, with his off the field issues he was dealing with now he will get the opportunity to come back fully healthy, uh, fully ready to go. After a long layoff, he'll have served his suspension. Hopefully he can put everything behind him and move forward, um, and he'll have an excellent opportunity to do so starting in Week 12. And if the Browns are anywhere competitive by Week 12, given that their roster is pretty talented, I would not be surprised to see the Browns make a huge push to get maybe a wild card spot in the, NF in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, I can see the Browns hovering around 500 this year. It's just they have a gauntlet for around seven uh, seven game stretch. They're going to have a pretty difficult time with Brissett trying to navigate that team through those games and get the victory. But can you rely on Brissett is the question. I mean, he's been a decent game manager for the teams that he's been with in the past. But is he a guy to be able to maintain all that talent and be able to get you a consistent victory here and there. Well, as we move from the AFC North, we'll move to the AFC South. The favorite for the AFC South to win this year is the Indianapolis Colts. They bring over Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons. They've returned the NFL's leading rusher in Jonathan Taylor. An excellent opportunity for the Colts to kind of face a division that's kind of in a rebuild mode. Um, you're looking at the Tennessee Titans who have consistently been good. Now they draft Malik Willis in the first round. Ryan Tannehill loses in the playoffs last year after throwing four picks, even though the defense sacked Joe Burrow nine times in the playoff game, most sacks ever by a team that lost in the playoffs. So you wonder if there's a locker room fracture in there that they, that where the locker room felt like they were the team that could have, should have gone to the playoff or should have gone to the Super Bowl. 
out of the AFC, do you wonder if if there's some thoughts in the locker room that if if we had better quarterback play, we would have we we potentially could be wearing a ring. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think around maybe week five, if Matt Ryan or not Matt Ryan, but uh, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill gets off. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill gets off to a shaky start or not as good a start as Tennessee expects. And you can see Malik Willis step in. You can see the fans calling for his name, wanting them to bring in Malik Willis because he did have a very good preseason. He showed a lot of his talent, and he showed that he could be capable of taking this franchise to the next level if Ryan Tannehill cannot cannot game manage as well as Tennessee would like him to. Well, they'll get an opportunity to they'll get an opportunity to open with five games before their bye week. So. An opportunity for Tannehill to kind of show if he's still the guy or not. They'll get the Giants at home to open the season. Then they go to Buffalo, a big test on the road. Then they host the Raiders, who are massively improved. I am super high on the Raiders, probably higher than anybody else on that Raiders team. Then they'll go, they'll go to the Colts. Then they'll go to the Commanders before they have a bye week. And then they'll host the Colts and then go to the Texans, to the Chiefs. So I think you have about a five-week stretch there where if Tannehill's going to get the job done and if Tannehill's going to be the guy, he's going to have to at least go probably three and two through that stretch because if they're below 500, you know there's going to be whispers and there's going to be people beginning to say, hey, this is kind of the same story, second verse of, you know, we we have everything ready to go to play the way we want to play. We just don't have a quarterback that can get us there. And I think you'll start hearing the rumblings of Malik Willis, who was taken in the first round, to begin to try to take over that job. Yeah, and also for the Colts, I feel like they're probably going to win the division this year, more so because they have a stacked defense over there. They have Matt Ryan coming over. They have Pittman at wide receiver. They have Jonathan Taylor, obviously, who was probably the best running back in football last year. And they just have a well-rounded team. I know Mike Reek is going to have a a solid team to work with to be able to navigate that schedule that they have. They don't have a very tough division to navigate through with the two bottom teams being the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they have two games apiece against them, and I can easily see them going 4-0 in those games. Uh, the Titans, I feel like they're a slightly better team, especially at quarterback. I think Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than uh, Tannehill, and so... Those matchups are going to be interesting. I know Derrick Henry versus Jonathan Taylor is going to be a big matchup. See who comes out on top in the division as the best running back this year. But I can honestly see the Colts going about 12 and 5 to 11 and 6, winning this division with the Titans going 10 and 7, maybe 11 and 11 and 6. But yeah, I can definitely see the Colts overtaking the Titans this year and becoming the division winners. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Colts bounce back from, you know, going to Jacksonville the last week of the season and basically laying an egg, not competitive in that game at all, and ultimately that cost them a playoff berth last year. Again, you mentioned it, the bottom two teams in this division basically in rebuild mode at the moment. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of the pieces that they want for their core, drafting Travis Etienne, drafting Trevor Lawrence. You know, I think they need to add another weapon on the outside for Trevor Lawrence. I think they need to beef up their offensive line a little bit to make sure that they protect him. Um, but I think that team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, made the right hire at coach with Doug Peterson. He's an experienced guy. He's an offensive guy. He's going to be able to take that young quarterback that they have there who has all the potential in the world uh, and really make some spe- some special things happen down in Jacksonville. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time, maybe a year or two more, 
of development before they have a really good team. And I think the Texans are in the same boat as far as the Texans potentially have the quarterback of the future. We don't completely know what Davis Mills is yet. He was the second best rookie quarterback in the league last year. So he'll get an opportunity this year uncontested. The Deshaun Watson saga is behind him and behind the team. So they'll get a chance to move on without that cloud ha- hanging over the, 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 the organization. And they'll, they'll get an opportunity. To, by all accounts, their drafts the last two years, Nick Casario has done an excellent job. Um, a lot of the personnel people in the NFL saying that they have hit home runs on quite a few of their picks, specifically Derek Stingley Jr. going uh, number three in the draft this year. Um, they were able to draft Kenyon Green with the uh, a, a late first-round pick that they received in the Deshaun Watson trade. They were able to get Jalen Petrie in the second round. The third-round pick was Damian Pierce, the highest-graded running back coming out of college since Derek Henry came out. So... I think they have an excellent opportunity to be really special. Um, I, I don't think they'll be super special this year. I think the Texans are a team that's going to – I think both the Texans and the Jaguars are teams that are going to kind of surprise some people as far as they might not be bottom feeders, like three, four wins on the season. I think they'll get to around six or seven wins, both both teams this year. Um, but I think they're going to be uh, – they're going to surprise some teams that overlook them, specifically early on in the season before – everyone gets kind of their bearings by like week four, five, six. Yeah, on the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think you basically have a Ferrari on offense. You have Etienne, you have the backup running back in Robinson. You've got really good wide receivers there. And you have Trevor Lawrence, who was arguably one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time coming in. I mean, I know they had a shaky start last year in his rookie season. Uh, with the head coach they had. They, they had all kinds of problems. Uh, they could never mesh, but I feel like Doug Peterson coming over would be able to help him develop a little bit better than they did last year. Come in with that those, those offensive weapons that he has and be able to lead that team to a really, a really, I would say, a better record than most people would think. I think they can win around five to six games this year. Um, but moving on to the Texans, uh, yeah, they have the perfect guy to be able to do this rebuild for them. Obviously, they lost to Sean Watson in the offseason to the Browns. They had Davis Mills step into that role, and they they feel like he could be the guy for their future. Honestly, I'm not sold on Davis Mills. I feel like he has a lot more to prove to be a franchise quarterback than what he's done so far. Obviously, there's a small sample size, but we'll see this year. They have a chance to win around five to six games, maybe even seven. They added Derek Stingley on the defense. They added Jalen Petrie, who's surprised everybody at camp. He's been very good. They think that he's going to be a superstar in this league. Uh, Yeah, and they also have Damian Pierce that they drafted, who's we've seen. We went to the practice. We saw him, and he was literally running away from everybody. He, He has the speed and open field. He likes to hit people. He said himself that he wants to bring the contact to the defenders. He doesn't want to be hit. He wants to be the one to hit them. So he's going to be a very tough running back to take down. He's going to have a lot of yards this year. I feel like he's going to be a goal line back in uh, situations where he can get a lot of touchdowns. And, yeah, it's going to overall improve that offense uh, to where in the red zone they're going to be able to have more opportunities to get more touchdowns in the red zone than they did last year. Overall, I think the Texans got better. I think Casario is going to take this team to the next level in the next couple of years. 
with all the salary caps that they have next year in the offseason. Who knows what they'll do in free agency. I think they'll be aggressive and go get a really a couple of really good guys on defense and a couple couple guys on offense that they need. But overall, I think the Texans, they're going to take the leap in a couple of years. It's still going to be a re- rebuilding year this year, but we'll see with Davis Mills and see if they need to go get a quarterback in the draft. And we move now to the division that I'm the most excited to see in 2022 in the NFL season, and that's going to be the AFC West. You have Russell Wilson come over from the Seattle Seahawks. He now is quarterbacking the Denver Broncos. I think the Denver Broncos are a team that you don't really know how talented that roster is because they didn't have a good quarterback. But I think once they get to show what Russell Wilson can be around the talent that they have, I think Jerry Judy is a diamond in the rough when it comes to receivers in the league. I think he's going to be he's going to be a pleasant surprise as far as how much production he puts up. But I think the Denver Broncos are vastly improved. I think the Vegas Raiders, who cleaned house from a coaching staff and GM standpoint, they bring in Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr now has Devontae Adams, who came over from the Green Bay Packers, th- to throw to the football to. They obviously have Hunter Renfro. They have Darren Waller. They have Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Then you have the Los Angeles Chargers, who have a budding franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. They get their... They get their Defense healthy once again. Uh, they signed J.C. Jackson from the New England Patriots to be their number two corner. Uh, Derwin James comes back off of his injury from last year. The the safety getting a brand new deal, the highest paid safety in the league. They have a bunch of talent on the defensive side of the football. They have a bunch of talent on the offensive side of the football. And oh, by the way, we haven't even mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs yet, who bring back Patrick Mahomes, bring back Andy Reid, and they've just been the measuring stick in the AFC for the past four seasons. And it's really been, you know, fortunate breaks that have helped teams get past the Kansas city chiefs uh, in the AFC playoffs. Yeah. This, this division you could easily say is the deepest and toughest division in football. And the reason I say that is because you have the chiefs who constantly been in the AFC championship for the last couple of years. And, you have the Raiders, who just brought over Adams. They have a decent defense. They have Darren Waller. They have Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, quarterback. I think that that team is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, you have the Denver Broncos, who brought over uh, Russell Wilson, which is a franchise quarterback, instant franchise changer. He's going to he's going to move them into a competitive spot right off the bat. And so I really feel like. The Chiefs are going to take a step back this year, losing Tyreek Hill. That's a security blanket. That's a huge security blanket for Patrick Mahomes that he won't have this year. Uh, and basically his number one weapon will probably be Travis Kelsey. But yeah, I, on a, ultimately I feel like they're going to take a step back this year. I feel like the Raiders are going to be the ones to come in and take that division. It's going to be close with the Chargers. I feel like the Chargers will finish second and still make the playoffs along with the Chiefs finishing third and the Broncos finishing fourth. But yeah, it's going to be very close. Uh, I could see that game being coming, uh, come down to a tiebreaker or at least a one game, uh, one game different. But uh, other than that, like it's, that's going to be a crazy division to watch this year. And uh, I definitely would say, look out for the Raiders because they have a very solid overall team. And I feel like that could they could be a team that can make a run all the way to the Super Bowl if they get hot at the right time. Yeah, the Raiders are the team that I think 
have probably the best opportunity to come out of that division as the division champion. I actually think the Chiefs might take a step back. I actually think this might be Andy Reid's last year, ultimately. I think teams started to figure out how to play defense against Patrick Mahomes last year. I think losing Tyreek Hill is vastly um, a, a situation where, you know, I think that it's going to impact the team and the offense more than people realize at this point. I think the Chargers and the Broncos will have an excellent opportunity to kind of fight for a wild card spot and be in the playoffs. I actually think three teams come out of this division to make the playoffs in the AFC. So it'll be a very interesting situation to kind of see how it all shakes out, especially, you know, you we're going to have a couple of really good matchups in week one. We'll touch on those a little bit later, but I'm excited to see kind of how the Raiders acclimate themselves in this division, especially under a new head coach that really, you know, he's bought his time a little bit. He had his, his tenure as a head coach in Denver, goes back to New England as the offensive coordinator and really stays there, um, passing over a couple of significant job opportunities, including most notoriously, he passed over the Indianapolis Colts job where he had taken the job and then before the press conference to introduce him, decides to turn and turn the flight around and head back to New England to stay as the offensive coordinator. So Josh McDaniels finally deciding that this is the perfect opportunity for him. And I think Derek Carr is set up for massive success this year. I actually think he might be a dark horse front runner for MVP of the league this year. Yeah, I don't know about all that. I mean, he does have the pieces and he does have he does have a decent offensive coordinator over there to be able to lead him to it, but I don't know if he's that kind of guy. I feel like he's a good game manager, but I don't ever think that he would be a MVP caliber quarterback. But we'll see. I mean, he has the weapons to do it. He's got Darren Waller. He's got Adams. He's got Renfro. He's got Josh Jacobs, the running back. So, I mean, he's got the pieces. It's just about can he bring his talent to that next level? You know, can he take that next step? He hasn't really done that in his career. He's been about average to a little bit above average. But we'll see. I mean, adding a guy like Adams could help out that situation and make him take that next step. But I'm not sold on him being that kind of a caliber player, but he could be. Just to show you a little bit about kind of the respect that Vegas is having for the the AFC West this year, the Denver Broncos projected – uh, win total over or under nine and a half wins juiced to the over. Um, you roll down, you see the Kansas City Chiefs also at ten and a half wins juiced to the over. You have the Las Vegas Raiders. The over is at eight and a half wins, and it's also juiced to the over. And then the Chargers at ten and a half wins, and that one is uh, dead even on the over under bet. So. Uh, Vegas really high on all of the teams in the AFC West. Not one team projected to be uh, their over under under 500 as far as the lowest being the A and a half for the Las Vegas Raiders. And if they can somehow come over the over on that one, you have four teams that could potentially be over 500. And I think three of them for sure vying for a wild card spot or two of them vying for a wild card spot, maybe even a third with the division winner getting the one of the automatic bids. Yeah, I could definitely see at least three teams getting into the postseason over there. Uh, I mean, the AFC is super loaded. Obviously, that division is the best best division in the AFC and arguably the best division in all of football. But, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of great teams in the AFC this year, starting with the Bills. I feel like the Bills will end up with the one seed. You got the Raiders. You got pretty much three teams out of the AFC West, the Raiders, the Chargers. 
and it'll just be between either the Chiefs or the Broncos to figure out who's going to be that third team in the playoffs. Uh, in the South, you got the Titans and you got the and the Colts. They'll be battling it out this year. I ultimately think the Colts will be the ones to come out of that division. Also, over in the uh, AFC North, I feel like it's the Bengals division to lose. I know you feel like the Ravens have a chance to win that division with a softer schedule. And we'll see with Lamar Jackson. We'll see if he can take that step again like he did before winning the MVP and come back and bounce back from the year that he had last year. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Bengals will take that division. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's so difficult to choose who you want to come out of the AFC this year to win the AFC championship and go and represent the AFC in the, champ- uh, in the Super Bowl. But ultimately, I feel like the Raiders, they'll be that sneaky team, kind of like the Bengals did last year, to come out on top and uh, really just surprise everybody and go into that Super Bowl. Yeah, and we'll get to our Super Bowl picks later on in the episode uh, as it looks like, um, you know, we'll go ahead and cover the division winners for the AFC at this point based on kind of where what we feel. I, I firmly believe I think the Buffalo Bills come out of the AFC East. Um, I think the Baltimore Ravens come out of the AFC North. I think that the Indianapolis Colts win a tough division in the – AFC South. I think all four of those teams have seven wins or more this year, and I'm probably one of the only people that think that. Um, and then in the AFC West, I actually think the Raiders don't win the division. They may get a wild card berth. I actually think the Chargers win the AFC West this year. Uh, so an opportunity for for those teams to kind of, you know, take control of their fate and fight for that buy for that first round buy at the ever important one buy on each side of the bracket this year um, as they implemented that uh, in the last couple of years so an opportunity for the AFC the AFC like you said is loaded uh, I think it's a significantly better conference uh, between the AFC and the NFC and it'll be an interesting situation to kind of watch it all play out as we are on deck for the 2022 NFL season that will get kicked off tonight Um, But we'll go ahead and slide over to the NFC, the NFC East. um, You know, you you have all that history there with the Eagles, the commanders now officially changing their name from the Washington football team, New York Giants, and you have the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys are probably the most talented team in the division, but I actually think the most healthy roster is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, they were the best team against the run last year. They have Jalen Hurts. They get A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. That team is loaded on the offensive side of the football. If they can just get their running game with Miles Sanders to get going, I think this team is going to be a very tough team to beat. I actually think the Philadelphia Eagles have a chance to potentially fight for the number one seed here in the NFC. Yeah, this is an interesting division because there's so many teams that were down the last couple of years that are on the rise you know it felt like the Cowboys it was really the Cowboys division to lose the last couple of years they they have been able to do that the Eagles they've improved really really well I feel like they're going to be a tough team to deal with this year ultimately I think the Cowboys will end up winning that division uh, just based off of what they've been able to do the last couple of years I know they're hurt right now but I feel like later on in the season, they're going to get a little bit healthier. Dak Prescott's going to be Dak Prescott. You know, he's he can wing it. He's going to get you yards. He's going to get you touchdowns. 
But yeah, I think the biggest surprise in this division is probably going to be the Giants because they have Saquon Barkley coming back. He's going to be fully uh, fully healthy this year. Uh, can he stay healthy? That's a big question. He hasn't been able to so far. Uh, but yeah, uh, with him coming back, Daniel Jones being the quarterback with their head coach there, I feel like they're going to be able to surprise a lot of people this year and be in contention for one of those playoff spots in the NFC this year. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how Coach Brian Dayball, who comes over as from the offensive coordinator position with the Buffalo Bills, he now takes over the reins for the New York Giants. And I think this is kind of a prove it or move on year for Daniel Jones. Uh, the new regime has no loyalty to Daniel Jones. He's kind of the, the, the quarterback that they're stuck with. They end up taking the best, one of the best defensive pass rushers in the draft this year, as well as the best offensive tackle in the draft this year in Evan Neal. Uh, the offensive tackle from Alabama, and then they, they take Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, the defensive end uh, with the fifth pick in the draft. They had Evan Neal with the seventh pick, seventh pick in the draft. So an excellent um, situation for them to kind of upgrade on both uh, all, the offensive and defensive line. I think Daniel Jones now has, you know, he has to show Brian Dayball that he's worth being the guy going forward uh, because, again, in the NFL, you don't get a long leash. You know, Brian Dayball will get two to three years to kind of figure it out, and then they'll be moving on to someone else if Brian Dayball can't figure it out uh, for the Giants organization. So I think with the quarterback situation being what it is, I think this team, while it has the potential to have some surprising wins this year, I think the actual plan for the organization might be to just, you know, call this a lost season in Dayball's first year. If if Daniel Jones can't show that he's a premier quarterback, you go get one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft this year coming out with Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis coming out in the draft. So I I think the Giants are in excellent position to draft one of those quarterbacks in the top seven or so picks in the draft. So I wouldn't be too upset if I'm a Giants fan if this season turns out to be kind of a tanking situation to put position yourself to get one of those elite quarterbacks in the 2023 draft. Yeah, just looking at the Giants' schedule so far, I've seen that they're playing the AFC South this year, and there's a couple teams in there that are really tough that they're going to be able to try to beat. See, they have the Packers this year. They have the Seahawks and the Vikings. And I feel like they have a chance to win about seven games this year. Uh, It just depends on how Daniel Jones plays. To be honest with you, I know DeBall, he's going to be a very good coach for them. He's going to he's going to lead them to the places they want to go. Can this be the year that they take a leap with all the talents that they have or they just want to go and try to tank this year, get a really high pick next year and try to get a quarterback in the draft if Daniel Jones is going to be the guy for them? But yeah, I think this division's going to be interesting this year. I don't think there's a real clear winner because the Eagles have improved vastly and you have the Cowboys who are a little bit injury riddled right now, but I feel like the Cowboys can still get it done in that division. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will ultimately be in position to kind of chase down a wild card berth, uh, but I think the the talent on the Eagles roster just on the defensive and offensive side of the football is just too immense uh, for anybody to catch them in the NFC East. And as we move to the NFC North, this one's going to be an interesting division. Kevin O'Connell comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. He takes over as the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings firing Mike Zimmer in the offseason. There's a notori- there was a no- notorious back and forth disgruntled situation between the quarterback Kirk Cousins 
and the head coach, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer ultimately gets the ax. Kirk Cousins gets the extension. They bring in a guy that basically Kirk Cousins tabs as the next coach, the most suitable coach for this team. He's got an offensive background from the Los Angeles Rams. And I think this is an opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings to kind of show they have a great home field advantage. They had a decent defense last year. They have all the weapons around Kirk Cousins that he needs. Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Um, they have Justin Jefferson on the outside, Adam Thielen on the outside. So an opportunity for Kirk Cousins to really put his stamp on this offense and really take the next step and maybe challenge the Green Bay Packers, who while have a great defense, the Green Bay Packers also bring back Aaron Rodgers a year older. He's the back-to-back -back MVP. But, man, they trade away Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard goes to Kansas City. And you have to really retool in the skill position uh, on the outside. And it's, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for those skill guys to get on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. I think there's going to be some growing pains early. And ultimately, I think that they might find their stride like middle of the season. But I think it might be too late as I think the Minnesota Vikings have a 13-4 and four type season looking ahead, looking them dead in the face. Yeah, the Vikings. Uh, they're this actually. This division is going to be really interesting. I feel like this is another division where you're going to have a second playoff team come out of it. Ultimately, I think the Green Bay Packers. They're going to be the team to beat in this division, just because you have Aaron Rodgers. He's been the MVP the last two years. Uh, yes, they trade away Adams, but they did get a wide receiver in the draft that can replace him. That they feel like is going to be a decent piece for them. They have. They have several vet uh, wide receivers that uh, he's been able to throw to the last couple of years that he's relied on very, uh, very well. And so, yeah, and that defense for for the Packers has been very good. Uh, they're very improved. If they can stay healthy, then I feel like the Packers are going to be the team to beat in this division uh, with Minnesota being that second team to go to the playoffs this year. Also looking at the Bears, uh, they have Justin Fields at quarterback. Uh, can he take that next step this year? We don't know. Uh, they have decent pieces all around their team. Uh, I feel like they're going to be the ones to finish third close to the Minnesota Vikings this year, but I don't think they'll be able to get a playoff spot. Yeah, I think the Chicago Bears have an opportunity to kind of see what they have. A uh, new head coach comes over and takes over. It's um, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator from the Indianapolis Colts, comes over and takes over in Chicago. So Justin Fields, I think, has all the talent to be an NFL quarterback and be special. I just don't think they have enough weapons around him in order for him to be successful. I think the roster under Matt Nagy completely you know, went into shambles, and I think they're going to have to have a couple of years to kind of rebuild that roster and retool it in a sense where they're going to have enough talent around um, the foundational pieces that they have in order to be successful on the offensive side of the football. When it comes to the Detroit Lions, I think Dan Campbell is the perfect person to be the Detroit Lions head coach. I think that team needed a dose of toughness. I think that, that, that team, that franchise, needed to really find uh, an identity for itself. They were featured on Hard Knocks this year, loved the Hard Knocks episodes, uh, and, and Dan Campbell finishes his last Hard Knocks episode saying that he thinks that the Detroit Lions will, will be a team that that surprises and 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 really uh, you know surprises a lot of people this year. I think they do have the chance to surprise a lot of people this year. I think they have a running back that could could, could potentially compete uh, for the rushing title this year in DeAndre Swift. <clears throat> and I think they have an excellent opportunity to kind of take that step forward. 
I think this division is tougher than people realize. I think the Detroit Lions finished third in the division. They went somewhere around seven games this year. And I think you start to see kind of the Detroit Lions take that step. I think you see the Vikings take a big step forward. I think the Vikings win the division this year. And I think you see the Green Bay Packers try to retool in the skill positions so that they can get uh, a little bit more out of Aaron Rodgers throughout the late stages of his career. Yeah, I really like Dan Campbell as a head coach, to be honest with you. I saw him on Hard Knocks. He, he, he's a team player. He, he played in the NFL for a long time. He was with New Orleans. He was under uh, the coach over there in New Sean Orleans Payton. for a long time. And, yeah, Sean Payton. And he, he's learned a lot from him. Sean Payton definitely endorsed him and said Dan Campbell could be a very good coach in the, in the NFL one day. And here he is with the Lions. Uh, I feel like the Lions got a really good one in Dan Campbell. And uh, they have decent pieces on their roster right now. They obviously have Swift, who has a chance to be a superstar running back. They have Jared Goff, who came over from the Rams last year. And uh, they have some decent pieces at wide receiver as well. Uh, they could be a team to surprise this year, but they also could be a team that is still firmly in rebuild mode and wants to go get another high pick this year. Uh, but we'll see with the Lions. I feel like Dan Campbell's the guy there. Uh, and it just depends, you know. Uh, I could easily see them winning around seven games, but I could also see them winning only four games this year. It just depends. And so as we move to the NFC South, we'll talk about kind of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady retired, then unretires. He loses Gronk, who ultimately does retire and stay retired. Um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably have a stranglehold on this division. I don't think anyone legitimately can challenge them in this division. I think there's a team in this division that is actually tanking for the number one pick, uh, and that being the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and then I think there's two teams in the middle that, you know, you have Coach Matt Rule at Carolina who's basically coaching for his job. He needs his team to play well. Baker Mayfield comes over after the Deshaun Watson trade. Baker Mayfield is then traded to Carolina and wins the starting job over Sam Darnold. So he gets an opportunity to kind of write the Carolina offense who's loaded on the offensive side of the football with weapons, Christian McCaffrey, uh, DJ Moore. Um, they, have, they have a bunch of talent on the outside, an opportunity for the Cleveland Panthers or the Carolina Panthers to kind of take that next step. Uh, under Coach Matt Rule, the defensive side of the football, already very uber talented. So, uh, I think you have an opportunity for Coach Matt Rule to kind of save his job this year. I think they'll be in contention for a wild card spot. I think that the New Orleans Saints will be a team that surprises a lot of people. I think Jameis Winston, very underrated quarterback. He said he had um, an eye issue that he got worked on and repaired. He ultimately uh, got hurt last year, was unable to complete the season. Uh, so an opportunity for Jameis Winston to kind of, I think this is maybe his last opportunity to kind of show that he can be a franchise guy uh, being drafted as high as he was. So the Saints are going to have a lot of weapons around him. They draft Chris Olave. They get Michael Thomas back. They obviously have Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Taysom, Taysom Hill is a do-it-everything kind of Swiss Army knife. So I think those two teams will be competing for wild card spots, but I do think this is Tampa's division with kind of an 11-6, and 12-5 and five record. And I think you're going to see a more focused Tom Brady than you ever have before, given that he is dealing with some off-the-field issues. And I just think that football is kind of his escape from all that. And I think you're going to see a Tom Brady that is ready to rock and roll. And they start on Sunday night at the Dallas Cowboys to open the season. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to be on the opposite end of that spectrum. I think that, yes, uh, Tampa Bay is very very loaded when it comes to offense and defense. But I feel like this is going to be one of those divisions where it's going to be the second deepest division in football. Because you have Jameis Winston coming back for New Orleans. They also have Michael Thomas, who says he's healthy and ready to go for week one. We don't know what he's going to be because he hasn't really played for the last year and three quarters. And he's just a wild card at this point. But they also have Chris Olave that they drafted in the draft. They brought over Tyran Matthew. They brought over um, uh, they brought over the wide receiver from the Browns. I'm getting his name right now. Jarvis Landry. Yes, Jarvis Landry. Uh, they brought over him. Uh, that offense is going to be very stacked this year. But I'm also looking at the Carolina Panthers as well. They have Christian McCaffrey back. He's healthy. They have Baker Mayfield coming over from the Browns. He's got a prove-it year. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to be ready to prove everybody wrong that he's actually going to be a decent quarterback in this league. I feel like he's hungry. They have Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. They also have They also have a decent defense this year. And I feel like this could be a team that could – that could take that next step. All they needed was that quarterback with Matt Rule to be able to take this team to the next level. And I feel like they could have a chance to overtake Tampa Bay in that division and win the division. Yeah, it'll be a very interesting division to kind of watch. Obviously, Tampa Bay having a lot of changes. You know, Bruce Arians leaves, Todd Bowles takes over. Um, so an opportunity for if you're going to find a chink in the armor, so to speak, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have dominated that division since Tom Brady came to the roster, I think this is the year to do so. I think, like you said, I think the Saints and the Panthers both have an excellent opportunity to do so. It'll just be interesting to see who who decides to take advantage of that opportunity and come out of the NFC South. As we move over to the NFC West, you know, an op- excellent opportunity to to see three teams out of this division make the playoffs. You have the San Francisco 49ers who turn to Trey Lance. They've turned the page, uh, putting um you know Trey Lance in there as the starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo restructures his contract he stays there as the highest paid backup in the league but everybody has known the plan has been to give the team to Trey Lance and for by all accounts he is uh, uber talented he is ready to rock and roll and he's excited to have the keys to the Ferrari Kyle Shanahan's Ferrari and for the other teams in that division you have the Seattle Seahawks who I think this might be Pete Carroll's last year this team trades away Russell Wilson I think they're going to be in kind of a rebuild mode. Who have they have a lot of uh, talent on the outside. They have a lot of opportunities to kind of um, to grow with a younger team. Uh, you'll have Tyler Lockett, who I think will ultimately move on at the end of this year. Uh, you'll kind of settle in with DK Metcalf. You draft the running back out of uh, Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State this year. He's coming off an injury in the preseason but he should be ready to go early on in the season. So I think you're going to start to see that ground-and-pound style of football to try to keep games close. Obviously, Seattle's a tough place to play. And then you have Arizona, and you have the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champion, I think they, they take a small step back, uh, being that they do lose some of the key pieces off of that team. Odell Beckham Jr. not re-signed yet. Uh, technically an unrestricted free agent. Von Miller moves from traded for in the middle of the season moves as a free agent to the Buffalo Bills. He will be back in town tonight for the opening night of the NFL season as the Bills 
visit the Los Angeles Rams, but I think these four, these three teams in this division outside of the Seattle Seahawks, I think they can all make the playoffs. I think they all have an excellent opportunity. And I think that the Arizona Cardinals might be the surprise team in that division. If they can get off to a good start like they always do, they lose DeAndre Hopkins to a performance-enhancing drug suspension for the first half of the season. If they can somehow navigate and get to, say, 5-2, and 6-2-ish, and two ish, whenever they get DeAndre Hopkins back, you look at adding a premier wide receiver in the league, a top-10 wide receiver, and someone who can really make plays down the field for a quarterback who, when he's healthy and when he has time, he is the most dynamic quarterback in the league. He can throw the ball down the field. He can change the game with his legs. Kyler Murray is the real deal. It'll just be about how focused is he and how much uh, of a commitment he has made to football in order for the Arizona Cardinals to be a success under Cliff Kingsbury. And yeah, this is the division where I'm like, if it's between the AFC West and the NFC, NFC West, it's going to the AFC West is the best division in football just because they have four teams that are super deep, and this division only has three teams that are super deep. And really, I feel like in both of those divisions, the four teams in the AFC West have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. They have, uh, they're have at least Super Bowl contenders this year. And in the NFC West, we also have three teams that could easily go to the Super Bowl. But honestly, I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals. I saw them get off to that really hot start and then kind of fall apart last year. How much of that is on Kyler Murray and how much of that is on Cliff Kingsbury? We don't know. There was a lot of uh, off uh, during the offseason, there was a lot of talk about how Kyler Murray wasn't very committed. He wasn't watching film. He, he wasn't very committed in practice either. But we'll see. You know, is he, is he going to be able to keep the Cardinals in a position to where they are? Because at that point last year, they looked like they were the best team in football and that they were they were going to be the one seed in the NFC. And then all of a sudden, the, the train just came off the rails. But, um, yeah, them getting DeAndre Hopkins back around, what is it, week eight or week seven, that's going to be a big boost for their offense. They have James Conner at running back. They also have, they also have a really good couple of weapons in the wide receiver group. Uh, their defense is going to be very good with J.J. Watt uh, and a couple of other pieces that they have on that defense. I think they're a very solid, well-rounded team, and I think that they could be the team that could overtake the Rams this year and win that division. Uh, but, yeah, obviously the Rams, they are the defending Super Bowl champs. They still have a very stacked roster. They have the best wide receiver in the NFL, Cooper Cup. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he's always been a very consistent and good quarterback that can lead your team to several victories on his own if he needed to. Uh, that defense is still stacked. Obviously, they lost Von Miller to the to the Bills, uh, but they still have Aaron Donald. They still have Jalen Ramsey, two of the best at their respective positions. Uh, yes, I feel like they could take a slight step back, but I also feel like that they, th- they could be still the team to beat in the NFC. Ultimately, uh, but I feel like the Arizona Cardinals could be that team to overtake. And if we're looking at the entire divisions in the NFC, we'll go ahead and pick our division winners at this point. Uh, I think we both may agree on the NFC East winner. I think that's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that team is just loaded from top to bottom on both sides of the football. I think it's Jalen Hurts' time to kind of take the next step. 
Uh, and if he does so, I think this team could legitimately co- contend for the number one overall seed in the NFC. And I think they have the opportunity to potentially represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that division's a tough one for me. I like the Eagles. I'm still not kind of sold on them just because Jalen Hurts is still very young. We don't know what he's going to be. He has the weapons to be able to take that next step, but I'm honestly still on the Cowboys train. I would like to see them. I would like to see Dak Prescott have a full, healthy year this year, get everybody healthy on that team, and I could easily see them winning that division by at least a game or two. As we move to the NFC North, I think that's a division that, again, I think we're going to be split on. I think, personally, I think the Vikings have the opportunity to to be probably the number one seed in the NFC. I think a 13-4 and four type season is not out of the realm of possibility with all the weapons that the Vikings have on offense. I think they're going to be in a lot of score fests early, and I think they'll have the opportunity to kind of put up a lot of points on the board given that they have Justin Jefferson, they have Adam Thielen, they have Dalvin Cook. They have all the weapons and all the makings of a team that could be a juggernaut on offense this year. Yeah, I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is a guy you just cannot bet against. I mean, he is that dude. He's a back-to-back MVP, and I feel like with any roster he's ever had, he's been able to make magic with it and take them to the playoffs. I mean, he's he's been kind of up and down in the playoffs, but during the regular season, he's been very solid, and you can definitely count on them to get to the playoffs almost every year that he plays. So I'm not going to go against Aaron Rodgers just because that's just who he is. He's an ultimate competitor. He's been probably the best quarterback in the NFL the last three years. I would just say that Minnesota is going to be very good this year, but I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be the deciding factor in that division, and he's going to be the one to take them to that division win. In the NFC South, I, I'm on, the, I'm on the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers train like they have been for the last three years. I think that team's a tough team to overtuck, overcome in that division, but I will say it'll probably be a tougher road to get to the uh, division title this year than it was last year. Yeah, I love Tampa Bay. I love Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. Uh, don't get me wrong. They are super stacked. They, they brought over... Uh, they brought over Russell Gage and Julio Jones to kind of fill those roles. Well, uh, yeah, they should have an easy time navigating their schedule. I feel like it's going to be between them and the Carolina Panthers for that division win. But ultimately, I think that if Christian Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy and Baker Mayfield proves everybody wrong this year and shows that he can be a solid NFL quarterback and a franchise quarterback, then they can overtake the Buccaneers and win that division. And as we move to the NFC West, I think this division, it comes down to essentially which team improves the most towards the middle of the season. You saw the LA Rams kind of go all in at the trade deadline. They pick up and acquire Von Miller to really shore up that pass rush. And I think that was the the move that really put them over the edge, over the hump. They also get a, um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. in a trade in the middle of the season. Will one of those teams decide to do that again this year? If not, I actually think the team to come out of that division this year, I'm super high on Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is going to be a monster in the league. I think he had the highest ceiling of any quarterback drafted in that draft, and I think he's going to be the quarterback that takes the 49ers to the next step, and I ultimately think the 49ers have an excellent opportunity, not this year, but next year to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, the 49ers are definitely definitely an interesting team. That quarterback situation, uh, I'm not really sold on Trey Lance. We haven't really seen enough of him to know what he's going to be. 
but he's definitely going to get that opportunity to show that he could be that quarterback that could take them to the next step. They just didn't feel like Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be that guy, even though he did get them to the NFC Championship multiple times. But yeah, I, I ultimately think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the team to take this division and overtake the, the Los Angeles Rams. Just because Kyler Murray, if he's locked in and he's playing the way that he normally can play, he is unstoppable. Like, defenses cannot stop that guy. And whenever they get DeAndre Hopkins back from his PED suspension, they're just going to be even more tough to beat. So I feel like the Arizona Cardinals, if they can keep that train on the tracks and keep going like they were last year before that everything fell apart, then I feel like they could be the number one seed not only winning that division, but the number one seed overall in the NFC. Now that we've covered our division winners, it's time to pick our Super Bowl picks. As far as who do you think will represent the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl, and who do you think comes out on top in the Super Bowl this year? This is going to be tough in the AFC because there's so many good teams, and there's going to be a lot of surprises this year. But I ultimately feel like in that AFC championship, it's going to be between the Bengals and the Raiders and I feel like ultimately the Raiders will outlast the Bengals in the AFC championship and represent the AFC and the Super Bowl and what about your NFC pick in the NFC uh this is also a tough one I love Aaron Rodgers I feel like that team could be the team to beat over there as well it just depends on how he plays in the playoffs this year but I feel like I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl this year if you had to pick the winner today who would you pick uh, yeah, that's going to be a very tough one as well. I feel like Vegas has the weapons. They have a decent defense. But can Derek Carr be that guy to take them into that big game, the biggest stage probably in any game on earth, and be the one to outlast the Arizona Cardinals? I'm not sold on that, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Arizona Cardinals to win the Super Bowl this year. All right, so Corey has the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl. I actually... Not going to be on the same page with you on on your Super Bowl participants. I actually am going to pick the Vikings to represent the NFC uh, in the Super Bowl this year. I think that offense is a juggernaut. I think that offense is loaded. Uh, I think they'll ultimately get to the Super Bowl. Um, But I think the team that's going to win the Super Bowl this year, it's everybody's favorite. It is the Buffalo Bills. I think that team is ready to take the next step forward. They have a loaded defense this year. Uh, When Tredavious White gets back healthy, Uh, On the defensive side of the football, I think that team's going to struggle to even be beat. The biggest concern that I have for the Buffalo Bills, they're a team that can score with anybody, but the problem that they might have is when they get into home playoff games in Orchard Park, can they withstand the brutal, freezing, snowy temperatures that offense is going to have to be able to score some points in the playoffs? And I don't know if they're built very well to do so, but I'd still trust Josh Allen to come out of the AFC and I actually think the Buffalo Bills hang a banner this year and they win the Super Bowl over the Minnesota Vikings. So now that we've got our Super Bowl picks out of the way, we'll go ahead and move on to week two of college football. We uh, were not able to get our first episode up and posted and recorded by the time week one happened in college football, but we'll go ahead and cover some of the week two college football action, and then we'll head over to the the... This is the appetizer for the entree that is week one of the NFL schedule, and that begins tonight as we will discuss that more here shortly. But we'll go ahead and touch on some college football, a couple of big games. The big game, the headliner, 
two of them specifically on the schedule this week, and that's going to be the 11 o'clock matchup in Austin, Texas, the Alabama Crimson Tide going on the road, a unique situation for Nick Saban and his Crimson Tide team. They do not typically go on the road and play true road games against Power 5 opponents, but they will do so this year as they head to Austin to face the University of Texas Longhorns. The Alabama Crimson Tide getting 20.5 points. Uh, the line actually opening up at 14 and a half. I'll bet all the way up to 20 and a half. This is the best offense I think you're going to see since the LSU Tiger offense led by Joe Burrow. I think this team with Bryce Young has a chance to go undefeated. I think this team can pour it on you quickly. And I think that I talked about this on the Fed Up podcast with Larry Cooper uh, the other day. And I think there's only one version of, of this game where the University of Texas Longhorns can kind of be competitive and stay into this game late. And that's going to be they're going to have to give Bijan Robinson the ball about 40 times in this game. They're going to have to get the ball in his hands, and he's going to have to have a Heisman Trophy-type day in order to keep his Texas Longhorns close in this one. But ultimately, I think just Alabama's too much, too experienced, and I think they end up getting the win. I think that Texas and their program would be very happy if they were able to keep this one competitive into the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is going to be a huge game. This this matchup kind of reminds me of 2019 when LSU came in there early that year to uh, Daryl K. Royal Stadium, and it was an electric atmosphere because we were in Austin that year and we saw all of the LSU fans, the UT, UT fans flooding in there. And it's just, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great day in Austin that, uh, uh, on Saturday. And so I ultimately feel like if UT can get the ball rolling with Bijan Robinson and control time of possession and keep the ball out of Bryce Young's hands, I think that they can keep it very close and have a chance to win it at the end of the game. But on the other side of that, if Alabama can uh, lock up that uh, defensive line and not let Bijan Robinson go anywhere and force uh, young uh, Ewers to be able to throw in situations where they're in third and long or a lot of a lot of opportunities where they just can't be able to throw on that defense, then I feel like Alabama is going to be able to uh, win that game easily. But on the other side of that, I feel like UT does have the pieces to challenge Alabama and not only keep it close, but be able to win that game. Yeah, I think you're in a situation now where if you're the University of Texas, when you play teams like Alabama, Georgia, uh, teams of that ilk, you're essentially looking at the mirror, right? You're looking at, you know, what college football's standard of excellence is at this point. You, you Alabama's consistently there. Georgia's consistently there over the last couple of years. Those are the teams that you've got to find out how close you truly are to being one of those elite teams, and ultimately that's what Texas aspires to be. I think they've done an excellent job recruiting. I think Steve Sarkeesian did a great job on the offensive and defensive lines this year. They're able to flip Quinn Ewers back over to Texas from Ohio State. He's going to be an excellent quarterback. If this was next year, I would have no problem picking Texas to beat Alabama. It's just that you are going to see an Alabama team this year that is a -a one-of-a-kind type team, a team that Nick Saban already has the horses on defense, but now he has all the horses on offense and he has probably the best quarterback he's ever had at Alabama under his tenure. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very exciting game. It could be very lopsided or it could be very close. It could go either way, but we'll see. Uh, Nick Saban, he always has his team ready for these big games. Uh, We'll see with Sarkeesian. Uh, This is kind of a big test for him. 
in his first year with UT, and we're we're the the jury's going to be out on Quinn Ewers and whether or not he's going to be that guy that was the number one overall recruit coming out of high school. And we'll move on to some other games as we'll cover. We'll touch on about seven games from the college slate, and then we'll move on to the NFL schedule for Week One. Um, another big game. It's going to be Iowa State at Iowa. Uh, three and a half point uh, favorites are the Iowa Hawkeyes. This team, this game always seems to be a bloodbath in a sense. I think this game always comes down to a, it's type of a one possession type ball game. Uh, this is a rivalry game. That place is going to be a banana land type situation. Um, so an opportunity to really get a feel for what college football is all about as Iowa has a chance at home uh, to be able to, to you know, take care of business for the Big Ten. I think that they have probably the the best opportunity to win this game. Both these teams are barely evenly matched. It'll be a good game from start to finish. So as we move forward, uh, Kentucky goes on the road. Quarterback Will Levis takes his Kentucky Wildcats to Florida, who comes away with a huge victory um, against the Utah Utes at home, a top-10 team. They intercept Cam Rising in the end zone. Um, in order to secure that victory. So a chance for a letdown spot for Florida. Kentucky goes on the road. They're getting four and a half points. I like Kentucky in this one to keep it close. And quarterback Will Levis to continue to build his NFL resume for the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, it's going to be definitely an interesting game. Uh, Florida, they did get the upset against Utah. They were at home, uh, and it was a very close game. And I feel like Utah is going to be a really good team this year. But ultimately, Florida got the victory over them. And obviously you have Will Levis, who's going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. And uh, will he be able to go and beat Florida? This is going to be a big test for him, and it's going to be a big game on his resume whenever it comes to the NFL draft and also the Heisman maybe this year. Uh, But we'll see. I honestly feel like Florida could be the team to win that game. Uh, It just depends on how Will Will Levis plays. And as we move along the schedule, Tennessee goes on the road to Pitt. They actually lose to Pitt last year. Kenny Pickett uh, leads his team to victory, a very experienced team. Now they're replacing some experience uh, at the quarterback position. They lose their offensive coordinator. And I think this is a Pitt team that has moved towards a, more towards a pro-style offense. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Josh Heupel's Tennessee volunteer team. I think Josh Heupel's Tennessee volunteer team puts a lot of points on the board. I think this game could easily be a 17-point victory or more for the Tennessee volunteers. Yeah, Tennessee is very loaded this year. And I honestly see – I can honestly see that uh, Tennessee could come away with a big victory here. Uh, I just don't think that Pitt has the talent to be able to stay on the same field as Tennessee for a long uh, for four quarters. I honestly feel like they're gonna, uh, that Tennessee is going to be able to outlast them. So as we move forward in the schedule, USC goes on the road to Stanford. If you got a chance to see any any of USC last week against Rice, that offense looks like Lincoln Riley transplanted it exactly from Oklahoma with all the skill players over to USC. They were able to put a lot of points on the board. They were able to do it in quick fashion. And I think USC is a team that's going to be a surprise team in the Pac-12 or the Pac-12 this year. I think that team is loaded on the offensive side of the football, and I think they're going to consistently play in shootouts. I don't think Stanford has enough to keep up with USC. The spread's nine and a half. I think USC goes into Stanford and wins by at least ten points. I like USC in that game. Yeah, I think USC did a very good job in hiring Lincoln Riley and taking him away from Oklahoma. He's a huge breath of fresh air for them to get that program back to the way they need to be. Uh, back whenever they had Reggie Bush and those teams, whenever they were winning championships. 
but yeah, this is a superpower college football team, and uh, I feel like Lincoln Riley can get them back to that, get them back to the promised land. And uh, ultimately, I don't think Stanford has a team that can compete with USC, so I feel like USC is going to be able to win this game big. Another showdown in Texas this week as Houston goes on the road at Texas Tech. They come off the win in triple overtime against UTSA on the road. So back-to-back road games for the University of Houston Cougars. They're getting three points at Texas Tech, who lost their starting quarterback in the late stages of the second half in that one against McMurray State in their opener. I think Houston has an excellent opportunity. Clayton Toon found it late in the game against UTSA. They were able to pour on a ton of points in the fourth quarter and over the overtime sessions, able to convert a two-point conversion to get the win uh, on the road. I think Clayton Toon, I think Dana Holgerson has his team ready to go. They know that if they can get through this game, the rest of their schedule is a relative cakewalk in order to get them to a perfect season and put them in position to be fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl or potentially a playoff berth. But I have Houston covering the three points on the road at Texas Tech. Yeah, U of H is going to be an interesting team this year. I feel like they can, if they can navigate this game, get through it, they can honestly go undefeated this year. Uh, and win that championship in their conference. But they are dealing with some injuries right now. Alton McCaskill, he's going to be out for several games this year because of the knee injury he suffered last year. Can they maintain without him? I believe so. I think Clayton Toon is going to be a good uh, good game manager for them this year. And uh, ultimately, I think that they beat Texas Tech in this game by at least a touchdown. And now we move to the nightcap, the team that everyone has kind of High hopes for after week one, it is the BYU Cougars who go on the road to South Florida to get a dominating victory. They return a lot of talent on both sides of the football. Now they will face a Baylor Bears team who was the Big 12 champion last year who comes in off of a victory to open the season. This is a top 10 team coming into your house if you're the BYU Cougars. You're favored by two and a half points. This is a win you've got to get in order to kind of establish a resume because if you can get this win at home against Baylor, you go on the road to Oregon here in a couple weeks, and then you ultimately play Notre Dame in Las Vegas later on in the season. This is a team that if they can manage to go through their schedule undefeated, they would have an absolute compelling case to be one of the four teams in the playoff at the end of the year. And I think it starts with this game on Saturday night at home. It's going to be a 9.30 kick uh, for for the Baylor Bears in their local time. So it's going to be a late start for the Baylor Bears. You wonder how fired up they're going to be to be going on the road. And this is going to be an excellent ball game. I actually like for a lot of points to be scored in this one. I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think Baylor's defense is as good as it was a year ago. And I think this team, this game is going to come down to essentially who has the ball last in this one. Yeah, this is going to be a game where BYU has to win it if they want to try to get into the college football playoff this year. Yes, they have games against Oregon and against Notre Dame, but they both have suffered losses earlier in the uh, early uh, in the first week, and so uh, their resumes are already a little bit muffed up. So BYU definitely has to win this game in order to be able to get into the college football playoff if that's what they're aspiring to do this year. And uh, I feel like Dave Aranda, uh, he's always going to have that defense flying around. They're going to be really good. They might not be as good as they were last year, but I still feel like. Baylor is going to be the team to beat in this game, and I feel like they, they're going to be able to get it done. And as we move to the NFL slate, Christmas comes in September for every football fan as we begin the kickoff of the 2022 NFL schedule, and we'll start tonight. It's the Buffalo Bills on the road facing the defending champion, the Los Angeles Rams. 
Kick time, 720 Central. The Bills favored by one one point on the road at this point, or actually favored by two and a half on the road at this point. And it's been a situation where the defending champion typically doesn't lose this game. And the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills, this potentially for some people could be a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, I believe this is definitely a Buffalo Bills statement game right here. You got the ring ceremony from the defending champion last year. You're going into their house, and you gotta make you gotta make sure that everybody knows that you're the real deal, and you're here to play this year. So I feel like Josh Allen's gonna lead that team in there, and they're gonna get a W today or tonight, and let the Rams and everybody else in the league know that they mean business. Yeah, we'll kind of keep it moving as we move towards the uh, conclusion of the first official episode of the No Gray Area podcast. We'll touch on all the twelve o'clock games first. The Saints and Falcons. Uh, we'll do battle a divisional uh, matchup in the NFC South, the Saints at the Falcons. This being played uh, in Atlanta, I like the Saints to kind of pour it on the Falcons early here in this one. Uh, I think the Falcons are playing uh, essentially for Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I think you'll see a, a, a team that's not very competitive and an opportunity for the Saints to get off to a 1-0 start. Yeah, I feel like New Orleans is going to easily win this game. Uh, I don't think the Falcons really have the pieces in order to stay in this game. Uh, They're starting Mariota, but I also feel like Ritter could be that guy in Atlanta, but he's not going to be able to play for them yet. Uh, But, yeah, I honestly just think that New Orleans is going to be the team to beat this game and uh, that they're going to get it done. Browns go to the Panthers. It's a revenge game for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield being traded to the Panthers. The Browns will fortunate, unfortunately, they will start without Deshaun Watson for the first 11 weeks of the season as he serves an 11 game suspension for his off the field situation. They'll have Jacoby Brissett under center. They still have a very talented roster. I think the Panthers can win this game at home and they have to get off, get started on the right foot if they want to hopefully keep Matt Rule in his position as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, this game is going to be a big statement game for Baker Mayfield. He's playing at home with his new team against his old team that basically shunned him and told him that he wasn't good enough. And so he's got to go out there with a chip on his shoulder and he's going to prove to them that he is the real deal. And I feel like Carolina is going to blow out Cleveland by at least two to three touchdowns. 49ers go to the Bears to open the season. You'll get the first look at what Trey Lance potentially looks like as the unimposed, uh, the unopposed starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. They go on the road to face the Chicago Bears, who have a new coach, who are trying to move on from the Matt Nagy era. I think the 49ers just have too much for the Bears. I like the 49ers in this one on the road. Yeah, the 49ers, they're going to be a very solid team this year. It's just about how Trey Lance is going to take being the starter this year and finally getting that chance. The Bears are going to be a tough team to beat, but I ultimately think the 49ers are going to take this game. Steelers on the road at the Bengals, an AFC North matchup to open the season. The Steelers named Mitch Trubisky the starter. He'll get an op- he'll get the first crack at trying to stabilize the Steelers post-Ben Roethlisberger. And I like the Steelers to at least cover in this one, but I like the Bengals to get the W as you'll see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase begin their, you know, their revenge tour as they're losing the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, Mike Tomlin always has the Steelers ready to play every year, no matter what the situation is, no matter how many injuries he has or who the quarterback is. So I'm never going to say that the Steelers are going to be an easy out for any team, but the Steelers are going to be a tough team to beat in this game. But I ultimately feel like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the rest of the Bengals get this done. Eagles go on the road at the Lions. That'll be a 12 o'clock start. 
Eagles' most complete team in the NFC, in my opinion. Uh, I believe they have the best roster. I do believe they win this game, but I think the Lions make them fight tooth and nail to come out of there with a victory. Yeah, Dan Campbell, he's definitely going to have the Lions ready to go. It's their first game after all the all the hard knocks stuff and everything like that, and uh, he gets a chance to really show that this team can actually compete this year and not be the uh, three-win team that they were last year. And so they'll have something to prove. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat in this game, but ultimately I feel like Philadelphia's deep roster is going to be able to overtake them and win this game. Another divisional matchup this time in the AFC South as the Indianapolis Colts go on the road to face the Houston Texans. That's a 12 o'clock start. Colts favored by 7.5. I like the Texans a lot in this one. I think uh, people overlooking the Texans, especially with their home field advantage at home, I think the fan base is actually very excited about where the Texans can go. I think the fan base was extremely disappointed with the Deshaun Watson situation. I think you'll see Reliant Stadium filled to capacity once again, as you'll see an opportunity for the Texans to show all those good draft picks that they've made to this point. I think this is a team that can cover a lot of big numbered spreads because they're going to get quite a few of them. And I think the Texans get the job done. Uh, at home, at least covering the spread. I think the Colts win the game by three points. Yeah, we're both on the same page. I feel like the Texans are going to be a surprise team this year and win at least seven games. Uh, I feel like the Colts are going to go in there thinking that, oh, this is probably going to be an easy game. We're going to take it lightly. Uh, And then, boom, they're going to get hit by the Texans. Damian Pierce, he's going to have a big day. And ultimately, I think the Texans are going to end up winning this game by a touchdown. Another divisional matchup, this time in the AFC East, as you'll have the Patriots going on the road to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Miami Dolphins get to kind of show off all the new toys on the offensive side of the football. Tyreek Hill will be in uniform, be ready to go. Mike McDaniel makes his first career appearance as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. I like the Dolphins at home in this one. The Patriots are notoriously bad on the road against the Dolphins, and I expect it to continue uh, to open the season on Sunday. Yeah, this is uh, the first game that two is going to have Tyreek Hill in that offense, and uh, I feel like they're going to show out have something to prove and feel like they have a chance to win that division. They're going to show everybody they probably can. And so I feel like New England's going to come out and test Miami, but I feel like Miami's going to end up winning. Moving on to the game that I think is going to be the least competitive of all the games on Sunday, the Ravens go to the Jets. Zach Wilson hurt, will not start. That means that Joe Flacco will start under center for the New York Jets in a Uh, an opportunity for the Ravens to kind of flex their muscle on a far inferior team. I think this has blowout written all over it, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Ravens win by at least three scores on this one. Yeah, I could definitely see it being a blowout as well. Uh, I don't see the Jets really having a a, a roster that could be able to uh, maintain a game against uh, a team of the caliber of the Ravens. So I feel like the Ravens are going to be the ones to come out on top. Jaguars go on the road and face the Washington Commanders. Uh, the commanders favored in this one, but I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to surprise some teams this year. Yeah, Carson Wentz comes over to Washington, and uh, that defense, they, they're they really good. I believe they're going to be top five this year. Uh, I ultimately think that they take care of business against the Jaguars just because Carson Wentz, he's a decent quarterback, and he's got something to prove this year. I'm kind of a prove-it year. So I, I would ultimately take the Washington commanders in this game. Kansas City Chiefs go on the road at the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be a high-scoring affair. The Chiefs favored by six in this one. I like the Chiefs to win the game. I like both teams to put up a lot of points in this one, though. Yeah, this is going to be a tough matchup. I honestly think that it comes down to which quarterback is going to outplay the other one. 
Uh, I honestly feel like Kyler Murray has something to prove after getting that big contract. And he's got to show Arizona that they made the right choice in giving him that contract. And he's got to make a statement by beating the Chiefs in, in week one. So I feel like Arizona's going to take this one. Raiders on the road at the Chargers. A chance for this divisional matchup to really set the tone for what we expect to be a super competitive AFC West. I like the Raiders getting the three points in this one. Um, and I think the Raiders actually could win this one outright. Yeah, this is another one of those where it's going to be a very, very tough game. Uh, both rosters are stacked. The offenses are going to be flying. Uh, it's going to be a very high-scoring game, but ultimately I think the Raiders will take this one. Another divisional matchup, this time in the NFC North, as the Packers go on the road to the Vikings, and I think that place is also going to be bonkers, as the Vikings always have had a really good home field advantage. Now they get the opportunity to have the Packers on the road, and this game just screams the Packers going on the road last year to face the Saints and getting blown out by 30. I think this is an opportunity for the Vikings to really flex their muscle a little bit, and I think you might have a situation where the Vikings uh, overwhelm the Packers, at least offensively, early on in this one. Yeah, this is a game that I can see Minnesota winning just because Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't really play in training camp, so he could get off to a little bit of a slow start, especially with especially with the new pieces that he has on the offense and uh, not having Adams this year. So I feel like this is a game where Minnesota can get, get it taken care of. An interconference matchup as the Giants go on the road to the Titans, and this is a, a game the Titans must get if they want to hopefully uh, come away with uh, an opportunity to kind of move forward and be in co- the competitive area of the AFC South. Uh, so an opportunity for the Titans to really put their foot on the gas to start the season here early against the New York Giants. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one to pick because I feel like the Giants are going to take a leap forward from what they were last year, especially with everyone healthy to start the season. But I ultimately feel like the Titans will take this game. Uh, by at least a touchdown. The Sunday night game to round out the action on Sunday on the opening Sunday of the NFL season. It's the Buccaneers going on the road to face the Dallas Cowboys. It'll be a 7:20 start central time, and the Buccaneers played that opening opened against the Cowboys last year. The Cowboys made it a lot closer than everybody anticipated, and it ultimately came down to a field goal at the buzzer to decide everything. Um, I think the Buccaneers come away with the victory, but it will be uh, – it's tough to get a W on the road in the NFL. Yeah, it is very tough to get a victory on the road, but I ultimately think that the Buccaneers will come away with this game. And the last game of the schedule for week one as we wrap up the No Gray Area pod, it is the Broncos on the road at the Seahawks, a revenge game for Russell Wilson after being traded away to the Broncos from the Seahawks. He gets to go back into Seattle, and he gets to – uh, say thank you to all the fans, and he has an opportunity for the Broncos uh, to really put a staple on his first season as the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it's always tough going into Seattle and winning games. Obviously, Russell Wilson knows that because he played the first part of his career there. And as we come back here, we'd like to wrap it up for the No Gray Area podcast. Again, if you want to get more detailed information on all the games, betting information, betting insights, tips like that, make sure that you tune in to our Go Chalk Betting Pod hosted by me. We'll give you some trends uh, that lead you to a a specific conclusion for what we expect the action to look like uh, on Sundays and Saturdays in college football with the opportunity to, we hope to make some money for everybody, right? That's the goal as we want to provide you some winners uh, on that show, the Go Chalk Betting Pod. 
Uh, that one will post uh, new episodes on Thursdays as well. Uh, and we look forward to getting that first episode out as soon as possible. We'd like to thank you for joining us on the No Gray Area Pod. Again, thank you, Corey Cooper, for joining me as we uh, as we covered week one of the NFL schedule. We're excited for the NFL to kick off tonight. We we covered the week two of NCAA football. We did all of the divisional previews. We hope you enjoyed those. We've made our Super Bowl picks. We're going to hold, uh, hold each other accountable to those Super Bowl picks, and we look forward to seeing you on Episode 2 of the No Gray Area Pod, which will be posted on Tuesday next week. And see you guys later. Looking forward to Episode 2.